Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. All right, give your neighbor a high five before you sit down. Peace. Everybody say peace. Not peace like peace out, but peace. We long for peace. We have this desire. All of us have this great desire in us for peace. It's a theme of our world, right? We talk about having peace of mind. We talk about having financial peace. We talk about being at peace with ourselves. We talk a lot about world peace, especially if you're in the Miss Universe pageant, right? World peace. And at Christmas time, we sing about peace. We talk about peace. Peace is a theme of Christmas because peace is a theme of God's kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, or it says this about Jesus, rather, the increase of his government and peace will know no end. So God desires that you would function out of a place of peace. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, living at peace isn't always easy, right? It's not always, it's not easy to, to, to live at peace with my neighbor or my Facebook friend, right? It's not so easy to live at peace in a home when you have little kids. It's not always easy to live at peace, but we're called to peace. Peace is, is called to be a, a, a domineering thing in our life. It's called to be something that, that, is, that is always there. It's prevalent. No matter what's going on, we're called to peace. And I think we all know that and we all want to live there. We all want to function with peace. And Jesus, we see in this passage is called the Prince of Peace, that he is the ruler of Shalom Peace. There's a bumper sticker going around. You know, I don't normally like a lot of Christian bumper stickers because I think they're cheesy. But one of them that's really good, it says, N-O, no Jesus, N-O, no peace. And then it says, K-N-O-W, no Jesus, no peace. And I've always liked that bumper sticker because if we're going to know peace, if we're going to experience peace, then we need to have the one who rules peace in our heart. And so the world has this strange view about what peace is. When we talk about peace, uh, the, the world has kind of an idea of what peace is. And I think many times Christians have uh, this idea of what peace is. We, when we speak of peace in the kingdom sense, we're not talking about this eu- euphoric harmony, this balance, this good vibes, right? I'm going to wish you good vibes. We're, we're not talking about being at peace with the universe. We're not talking about the force, right? We're talking about something that actually transcends all of that. Jesus says this in John chapter 14, and let me just say this, Jesus didn't come and have peace on the earth and then leave and take peace with him. No, when Jesus came, he came to bring peace on the earth and leave it here. Check this out. John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Everyone say peace is a gift. Not a piece of a gift, right? 
Peace is a gift. I do not give you as the world gives. What is he saying? He said, listen, my definition of peace is different than the world's definition of peace. Right? Not this euphoric, hippie kind of peace. Let your heart do not let. Everybody say, don't let. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. So Jesus said, you don't have to be afraid. Your heart doesn't have to be troubled. You don't have to be anxious. Why? Because I give you my peace. But can I tell you today that there is no escape from arguments, from pain, from tension, from conflict. Many people think, well, peace is the absence of all, everything that would irritate me, everything that would stress me out, everything that would cause conflict to my mental awareness or make me feel a certain way that disrupts my peace. Listen, beloved, if that disrupts your peace, then you have not experienced the peace that we're talking about today. Because see, Jesus never promised us to live a life free of conflict. In fact, he promised quite the opposite. Freedom from tension is not something that Jesus promised. We can't be free from it. We can't be free from it all, but we can be free through it all and in it all. So you can experience peace. You can experience freedom when the world around you is crumbling. When your finances are a mess. Come on, when bill collectors are calling every day. When your kids aren't sleeping through the night. When your husband isn't acting like he's supposed to. There's peace through it all. We're not promised the peace from these things. Check this out. Jesus says this, John 16, 33. This is the promise. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. That's a promise. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Life is going to be bad sometimes. You can't get out of it. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. What if I told you that you can have peace through it all, and it has nothing to do with what happens to you or in this world? The fact is, is there's an underlining tension. There's an unending frustration because the world that we live in is fallen. See, we can complain. We could talk about politics. We could talk about the issues of the world. And I can tell you that we can do everything we can in our human ability to try to solve these problems. And we should. But the problem in our world is that the world that we live in is fallen. The reason why humans don't experience peace is because peace is a spiritual issue. And humanity cannot solve spiritual issues. Only God can do that. The core issue of all this unrest, okay, if you talk about what is the opposite of peace, let's just say unrest. The core issue is not because people are at odds with people, because that's what we think. Well, if everybody would just get along, we would have peace. So peace, good vibes. The problem is that the people can't get along with people, that people are at odds with people. The problem is that people are at odds with God. 
The reason why that we don't experience peace is because there's this frustration in the world called sin. It's my sin. It's your sin. It's your neighbor's sin. It's the one that sinned against you. It's the one you sinned against. Come on. I know, I, I know that's not you today. I know you're perfect. The problem is sin. So God looks at the earth and goes, there's no peace on the earth. I'm, I'm called to rule with peace. There's no peace on the earth. But the problem, the reason why there's no peace is because there's sin on the earth. So guess what happens? God doesn't look at the earth and go, well, I'm going to punish them for their sin. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't come to condemn us for our sin. See, Jesus didn't come and show up with a, with a bag of switches, like my mom used to call it, right? Jesus didn't come with a spanking spoon. He came to receive one. So he says that we know in John chapter 316 that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And it says in verse 17, not to condemn the world, but to save it. So Jesus didn't show up to give you a heavenly spanking. He showed up to take the spanking. Matthew chapter 121, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will give people peace of mind. No, because he will save his people from their sins. Oh, Jesus, Jesus came to make me happy. Jesus came to make me joyful. Jesus came for the abundant life. Listen, don't focus on the B issues. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And what was the works of the devil? To get people into this thing called sin. The things that robs you from peace. The thing that robs you from joy. The thing that robs you from life and life to the fullest is sin. Let's just be real. We've all got a sin issue that needs to be dealt with in order for us to experience peace. Colossians 1, verse 19. I'm going to try to keep it tight and quick today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. Here it is. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, Everybody say me. me. This includes me. Includes you that were far away from God. You were his enemies. Beloved, you must understand that when Jesus came, he didn't come for people that had their lives all together. He didn't come for, he wasn't calling humanity his friend. He was calling humanity his enemy because they had sinned against God. Do you, do you get this? This is the gospel. The gospel is humanity had sinned against God. We were opposed, enemies of God, not by his choice, but by ours. 
This includes you who are far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, how many bad thoughts did you have? A bunch and some actions too. You know, it'd be easy for us to look at our neighbor and say, well, I'm a better person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person based upon the standard of humanity. But Jesus came and showed us what a perfect person looks like. And so until you can say you're as good as Jesus, then you're not good because that's the standard. The standard's perfect and nobody's perfect. So God said, what I'll do is I'll give them the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, can I say this? God only accepts perfect people. That could be kind of scary. So Jesus died to give you perfect righteousness and perfect right standing with God. He didn't die for perfect people. He died for jacked up, dirty, filthy, sinning people. He died for me. And in that, he made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are, listen, you're right with God. Because in God's sight, you're perfect. If you accept his gift. That's, that's a good word. Whew. Yet now he has reconciled you. Everybody say reconciliation. Reconciliation. Dang, that was good. You know he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ and his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy. There it is. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How? How can you stand before God holy and blameless? Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because the Prince of Peace came for you and he came for me and we just said yes to him. See, peace is made possible. I'm going to rush through this today. Y'all good? Peace is made possible, number one, because peace is paid for. Peace is paid for. Well, I just need to make peace. I need to get some closure. I need to deal with things. Can I tell you today, peace is already paid for. Don't think that just because you you get out of debt, you're going to have peace. Well, whenever I, whenever I start making this amount of money, whenever our house gets paid off, whenever I get a girlfriend, whenever I get a boyfriend, then I'll have peace. We're all chasing peace. We're all chasing peace. Listen, peace has already been paid for. Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities, our shortfallings. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The price for your freedom was the life of Christ. That's a high price for your freedom. That's a high price for your peace. And by his wounds, you are healed. See, your peace has been purchased. Number one. Number two, peace is promised. Because peace was purchased, we now have access to it. You have refrigerator rights to peace. Right? My kids, we use this illustration all the time. My kids don't have to come, come to me and say, hey, can I have some goldfish? No, they have pantry rights. Whatever is in the pantry belongs to them. Peace is promised. It's just like goldfish in the pantry. It's available. It's there. An unending supply of goldfish. Right? Okay. 
<laughs> Glory. <laughs> That'll get you out of debt. All right. All right. Check this out. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. See, God wants you to partner with him in dominion to crush the one who would bring unrest. Why, why didn't God just kill the devil? Because God wanted to use you to defeat him. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So when you take a little ground in peace and you go, oh, man, I made it through it. I mean, I didn't freak out today when the kids were screaming and the phone was ringing and the doorbell was going on and the bills were piling up and I got to check all this bad stuff's going on in my life. I'm losing my job. And you go through the day and you're at total peace. Guess what you just did? You crushed him under your feet. You crushed him. God did it, but under your feet. Number three. Peace needs permission. See, some of us that are kind of wound up a little bit, you know, you know people like that? You do. You know me. I'm kind of wound up like that. So sometimes I got to give myself permission, right? A counselor or a psychologist will tell you that you have this inner parent inside of you telling you what you can and can't do. Can I tell you today, you have permission because it was paid for and because it's promised. You have permission to have peace in your life. And some of y'all, you just got off the hook. You have permission to have peace. No matter the mistakes that you've made, come on. No matter what kind of messes you made, you have permission to have peace. Peace is paid for, it's promised, but we have to allow it to rule in your life. Notice what what Jesus said in John 14 that we just quoted. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Colossians 3.15, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. You got to let peace happen. It's already established. You just kind of got to let it happen in your life. Let me give you some practical things. You all okay with practical? Good. All right. Here's a couple things for you. First of all, don't let urgency rule your life. I'm going to go back and listen to this tomorrow for myself. Don't let urgency rule your life. The demands of others, the demands of life. Don't, don't let urgency rule your life. Number two, don't be consumed by the why. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Don't be consumed with that. Well, I just want to know why. Do you think it's actually going to help you if you know why? No. So you don't have to understand peace to experience it. Sometimes in seeking information, we're seeking blame. Once we have blame, we can harbor a sense of bitterness and resentment. Therefore, we don't find peace in the information. We actually find frustration. So sometimes you understanding something is not the best thing for you. Sometimes you don't need to know for your own good. Sometimes you just need to live in in blissed ignorance. I don't know, and I don't care. Welcome to peace. (laughs) For me, I'm good when I don't know about it. The staff knows this. They're like, mm, just don't tell them. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's good. He's happy. <laughs> That's all he's telling them. Don't tell me the problem. Tell me the solution. Right? <laughs> you, you tell me the problem after you figured it out. Right? <laughs> Information don't help you. Number three, give life space. 
Give life some space. Stay flexible for the unplanned. Josh Brown, right? Peace is not found in management or containment. This is what we do. We think if we get a planner and if I can schedule my day and I have a good checklist, I can check those boxes, I will have peace. You won't because there's always going to be a box unchecked. There's always going to be unplanned, Josh Brown. There will always be disappointments. So don't be so invested in ideal scenarios. Well, I want it to go like this. And I think my mind, I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm preaching to, to me today. And my mind, it's going to go like this, A, B, C, D, just nothing's going to get in there. And then what happens when it don't? So give life some space. Listen, save the drama for your mama, right? Come on, we know. And some, some people are like, they want peace, and they're the, like the most irate people. They're involved in everybody's business. They're telling everybody how they should and shouldn't do this, well, how you should treat your kids, how you should raise your kids, like, you know, unsolicited advice, all that kind of stuff. Save the drama. Just relax, chill. Get your hands off. Save the drama. Okay, give life space. Number four, pray and nurture gratitude. Listen, the number one key, well, two keys, because I, I think that they're together. Of having peace rule in your life is peace and gratitude, or prayer and gratitude. Pray, you pray about what, what's troubling you, right? And then you're grateful to God. See, gratefulness gives you power over the troubling stuff in your life. Philippians 4, verse 6, don't worry about anything. (laughs) Oh, man. Instead, pray about everything. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. So when you pray about your stuff, Man, Lord, you see the bills? You see how much money I'm making this month? Lord, you see my kids and how, like, they're making poor decisions? You see all that? But, Lord, I'm so grateful for Jesus. Listen, most of your prayer time needs to be spent thanking God for what he's already done. This will switch your perspective, and you watch peaceful rule. This is what it says. This is what it says. This is what I just said. Then... Then, after you pray and express gratitude to God, then you will experience God's peace, which which exceeds everything we understand. I I just, it'll it'll go beyond you. I don't know how I'm making it, but I'm making it. How are you making it? Because you're allowing peace to rule in your heart. Then it says this, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then peace becomes like a covering for you. And you start walking in this realm and everybody's like, I don't know how you make it. And you go, you know what? I don't know either. I don't really understand. I just know that one Sunday it was on Christmas and Pastor Josh said, if you just pray about it and you'll be grateful for more things, then you just start seeing peace happen in your life. And it's worked. Number four, peace is found in the person of Jesus. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Listen, peace has little to do with what happens in your life and everything to do with the person who is in your life. Well, I just can't, you don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand your trials, I don't understand the hard things that are going on in your life. I don't know. I don't. I don't. But it doesn't really matter. 
Because it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. It matters who's in your life. John chapter 4, verse 35. I'm not going to read it today, but there's a story about Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus says, you know what? How many of you want more miracles? How many of you want to see some things happen? They're like, yeah, yeah, let's go, Jesus. We just like fed all these people miracles. Yeah, signs, wonders. We're having a revival. Jesus says, all right, let's go to the other side so we can experience more miracles. So they get in the boat and they head across the water and they're, they're in the middle of the sea there and they're in this boat and Jesus is like, man, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. You know, it was pretty awesome when I didn't have this earthly body because then I didn't get tired. So, but I'm going to go down at the bottom of the ship and I'm going to sleep. Scripture said he actually has a pillow and he's laying down in the ship, in, in the inside of, of the ship that they're in. And so all of a sudden, this storm festers up in the sea on their way to the other side. How many know that anytime you're wanting to go somewhere, there's always going to be something trying to get you, get you from going there, right? Come on. No, there's always going to, listen, an obstacle is just another opportunity for you to demonstrate God's peace. An obstacle is always going to keep trying to keep you from where you're going. And it was the same thing, but Jesus was there in the boat asleep and the disciples start freaking out. They're like, oh no, what's going to happen? There's this storm. We're all going to die. Jesus, where's Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, don't you know what's going on in, my, in our situation? Don't you know that there's a storm in the boat? Jesus, where's Jesus? Where's Je- Jesus is down. He's sleeping in the storm. Now, how do you sleep during the storm? Because you have authority over the storm. You can, Bill Johnson says it this way. You can only sleep in the storms that you have authority over. I love that. And so Jesus is asleep. They wake Jesus up. They're like, Jesus, there's a storm. He's like, yeah, I know. And so They wake him up, and he goes out, and he speaks to the storm, and he says this, peace, be still. And the storm stopped, and he looked at the disciples, and he rebuked them. And he said, where's your faith? Don't you know that you had the same authority that I have to speak to these storms? Don't you know that I was in the boat with you? Did you forget? Even though you couldn't see me, I was still there. See, peace gives us power over any troubling situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. If you have peace, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. You know what you're going to do if you have peace? You'll endure it. That's what you'll do. And you'll be better because of it. Because he's in the boat, you too have authority. Ephesians 2 verse 14 says it this way, that he is our peace. I need peace in my life. Have you prayed? Yeah. I'm still not, I've tried that. That's what I always hear. I'm like, well, did you pray again? You got to push, pray until something happens push. Well, you, what do I do? I prayed. Pray. Pray and express gratitude to God. The band's going to come up. Listen, Jesus is your peace. We're going to finish with the time of worship today, but I want to encourage you today. I know we didn't talk about babies and managers and, you know, hark the herald angels sing and all that kind of stuff. But listen, Jesus showed up on the earth to reconcile humanity. Other words, to make those that are enemies with him 
friends with him. He didn't come to spank you. He came to rescue you. Everybody say that. He came to rescue you. Say this. He came to rescue me.